Persevering Peter. That's the title of my homily this morning. Persevering Peter. Now, when we think of Peter, and here I'm talking specifically about Peter before the resurrection, in other words, the Peter we encounter during the earthly ministry of Jesus, when we think of Peter, perseverance is probably not the first word that comes to mind. Some words that do come to mind when describing Peter, as we see him during the three-year ministry of our Lord, at least they come to my mind, are words like impulsive, weak, inconsistent, impatient, erratic, hot-headed, volatile. But even back then, he was also a man of perseverance, almost incredible perseverance, which is probably one of the biggest reasons why Jesus chose him to be the very first pope. Can you imagine how frustrating it is, how discouraging it can be at times, to be the spiritual leader of, of a worldwide community of faith that includes not only some of the greatest saints on the planet, but also some of the worst, some of the most reprehensible sinners on the planet. Obviously, our present Holy Father, Pope Francis, needs an immense amount of perseverance to lead the church in the midst of those circumstances. And so did Peter 2,000 years ago. Well, by the grace of God, the man had it in great abundance, even before Jesus rose from the dead and anointed him with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. You see Peter exercising his perseverance throughout the Gospels, but especially in passages like the one we heard last Sunday and the one we heard this morning, these two passages from Matthew chapter 16. Recall for a moment what we were told last weekend in our Gospel reading. Jesus was with his apostles at Caesarea Philippi. There he asked them a crucial question, the question, the one we all have to answer. Who do you say that I am? Peter spoke up immediately and gave his famous reply, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. To which Jesus immediately responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. So I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, Peter must have felt like a million bucks when Jesus said those words to him. I know that's how I would have felt. I'm sure he didn't fully understand what our Lord meant in telling him these things, but he knew it sounded pretty good especially the part about having the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Well, today's gospel reading picks up where last week's left off. Jesus begins to teach his disciples, his apostles, that he will be a suffering Messiah, not a great earthly ruler like King David, which was the kind of Messiah the Jews were expecting at the time, somebody who would get rid of the Romans who were oppressing them and make Israel a great earthly nation once again. That was also the kind of Messiah that Peter was expecting, which explains his reaction to the prophecy Jesus makes about his suffering and death. Peter says to him, in effect, no way, Jesus, that can't happen to you. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one of God. You're going to help us get rid of the Romans, finally, and become a great nation again. You can't suffer and die like that. And as we heard a few moments ago, Jesus immediately turns on Peter and says, 
Get behind me, Satan. Why, oh, why did he call Peter Satan? It's because at that moment, Peter was saying to Jesus exactly what Satan would have wanted him to say to Jesus. Satan, you see, did not want our Lord to go to the cross on Good Friday because he knew if Jesus died on that cross, his kingdom would be destroyed since the sacrifice of Jesus would make it possible for every human person to avoid hell and go to heaven. Incidentally, this was the most common and most serious temptation Jesus faced during his time on this earth, the temptation to abandon the mission the Father had given to him and forget about the cross. That was the temptation that Satan threw at him in the desert just before his earthly ministry began. It was a temptation that Satan presented through the mouth of Peter at Caesarea Philippi. And it was the last temptation Jesus faced as he hung on the cross. No, the last temptation of Christ had nothing to do with Mary Magdalene. We need to be clear about that. Someone needs to tell that to film director Martin Scorsese. Coming back now to Peter's dialogue with Jesus. If you had been in Peter's shoes that day, what would you have done? How would you have responded? Try to imagine this. Jesus the Messiah, the only begotten Son of the Heavenly Father. He doesn't just reprimand you. That would have been bad enough. He doesn't simply tell you that you're wrong. He actually goes so far as to call you Satan. He equates you in some way with the devil himself. I think most people, if they're truly honest with themselves, would tell you they would have been so undone, so completely devastated by these words of Jesus, that in all likelihood, they would have walked away in despair and never come back. I know I would have been tempted to respond in that way, but Peter didn't. That's what's so amazing about him. He didn't throw in the towel, he didn't despair. In spite of the horrible, awful, terrible feeling he must have had on the inside, he didn't walk away like the rich young man did when Jesus challenged him to give up all his possessions. Peter took the rebuke and persevered. He kept on following Jesus. Peter's perseverance was also evident at the end of the Bread of Light discourse in John chapter 6. Remember that chapter of Scripture? Jesus told the people there he intended to give them his body and blood for their spiritual nourishment. And most of them freaked out. Even a lot of our Lord's disciples, people who were walking with him beforehand, walked away. But not Peter. He persevered as usual. When Jesus said to his apostles, are you guys going to leave me too? Peter immediately responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe, we are convinced that you are God's Holy One. Even on Holy Thursday, after he denied the Lord three times, he didn't give up. Judas did, but Peter didn't. And let's face it, let's be honest, let's remember, their sins were both grave. Both of them betrayed their Lord and Savior. Judas despaired and hung himself. Peter came back and repented. He always did. I mentioned this this morning because there are many times in our lives where we can be tempted to give up on God and our Catholic faith. 
For example, when a loved one dies suddenly and unexpectedly, when we come down with a serious disease like Parkinson's or cancer or heart disease, whatever it might be, we were praying for something for a long time and God doesn't seem to be answering. We find ourselves falling into the same sins over and over and over again. Situations like these, it would be good to say a prayer to St. Peter, asking for his special intercession so that we might receive from God the grace we need, the grace of perseverance, grace that Peter had in such great abundance. We need to pray because even persevering people can be tempted at times not to persevere. Such was the case apparently even for Peter himself, at least on one occasion. Some of you have probably heard this story. It's not found in the Bible, but in a very ancient Christian tradition. The event happened during the terrible persecution of the church under the emperor Nero. Peter, of course, was the pope by then, the official leader of God's New Testament people. And in the midst of all the violence and confusion and death, decided that enough was enough. So he left the city. He abandoned his posts, he abandoned his flock in fear, and he fled from Rome on the famous Appian Way. But as he was going along, he ran into somebody. Somebody was Jesus, walking in the opposite direction toward the city. Peter said to him, where are you going, Lord? Jesus answered, I'm going to the city of Rome to be crucified again. Peter got the message, turned around, he went back, and he courageously led the church until he was martyred, crucified upside down, that area we now know as St. Peter's Square. People who persevere and sometimes be tempted, even strongly tempted, not to persevere. But in the end, by the grace of God, they remain faithful, just like Peter.